0: What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the 112th episode
1: of the Uptempo Podcast. Tonight, I got my guy, my co-host, DG, in the house, and we're here to talk some Florida football. I'm your host, Blake Lane, and uh, we're excited to have DG tonight and uh, his breakdown of the Florida Gators. There's so much to talk about with Billy Napier at SEC Media Days. We're going to get DG's thoughts on that the recruiting process, how he thinks Billy Napier is rounding them up down there in Gainesville. And then we're going to get his thoughts on Florida fans and some of the reactions from Florida fans. And then we're going to break down the Florida schedule. We're going to get DG's thoughts on uh, how he thinks the Florida Gators are going to are gonna do in the 2022 season. So, DG, man, how you doing tonight? Uh, doing
2: pretty good, man. Just um, getting back into the, to the workflow of things. We started back school today, so... Uh First day back to work in a couple months. Um, just kind of chilling, man. Just got a lot going, you know, got going on right now. Getting ready. I, mean, I know your wins obviously this weekend, and yeah. a lot of wins in a few weeks, and football season starting up. So just a lot of uh, exciting things to look forward to the next couple weeks. So I uh, uh, can't complain a whole lot over here, man.
1: Yeah, man, it's crazy. Y'all are already started back to school, man. Like that's insane for real. It, it yeah. just. It just flew by like the summer just flew by, man. And, and it kind of feels good because, like you said, football season's starting up. And, you know, I, I know we haven't been hammering episodes like we once were, but we, you know, like you said, we got so much going on. And I kind of just took a break from it, you know, here this past week because I was like, man, you know, I, I just had to go to Atmore tonight and, and uh, had to do a recording for the wedding and everything. And so uh, there's just been a lot going on, man. But, uh, I'm excited about tonight, man, and uh, we get to talk a little bit about your Florida Gators.
2: Yes, sir. i me excited, man, because um, a, a lot of energy, a lot of buzz around the program right now, so um should be, should be a good conversation to have.
1: So, DG, man, I, I, I want to ask you, you know, Billy Napier, I want to start there. His first trip to SEC Media Days, man, and, and uh, like you said, there's a lot of buzz around the program, a lot of hype. Uh, we saw what kind of recruiting job he did uh, in just a short amount of time, just stepping into the job like he did. Uh, what were your overall thoughts on his showing at SEC Media Days?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think it was kind of what most people expected, most Florida fans especially expected. I mean, he wasn't going to go in, and, oh, we're going till, you know, 10-2, we're going to beat Georgia. I mean, he wasn't going to go in. And, run his mouth and they say anything crazy. Um, I mean, he's just, from what we've seen in press conferences so far, he just doesn't seem like that kind of guy. He just seems like a straightforward, he's going to tell you how he thinks, keep everything close, you know, close-knit, close to the vest. Um, not really be a little – I feel like he's going to be one of those guys, that's a fiery guy once the season gets rolling, but um, not like Dan or where Dan was just kind of ecstatic at, at, at interviews and me media days trying to random jabs and stuff of people. people. Um, you could tell Billy Napier was really taking in the moment, like kind of taking in just being an SEC football coach, being a coach at a big-time program, uh, being a coach at a school that expects a lot. Um, not, I mean, obviously, you know, i not, not saying Louisiana doesn't expect a lot, but, you know, going from the top team in the Sun Belt to a team in SEC who's, um, you know, known for winning and it's kind of struggled over the last 10, 15 years um, to stay consistent. I mean, we've had years since Tebow's left has been been shown promise. It's like, oh, man, Florida might be back. And then mm-hmm. the next year is right back to seven and five. You know, we had a couple times. We were like four and eight, four and seven. So, it's like mm. – um, I think I think he's – I think it's finally exciting. And Obviously, I mean, you know, whenever you get a new coach, it's always kind of the same. Like, oh, there's a lot of buzz around the program. You I know, mean, the same one when Dan Mullen came in. Um, but, obviously, like – I was a huge damn guy when he first got hired. I was never not really a damn Owen fan. It was just like he kind of just gave up on the program, it seemed like, last year. Mm -hmm. Um, Kind of checked out. But uh, something about Billy Napier just seems a little different. I I mean, I think he – like I said, he just seemed like everything's just straightforward, straight to the point. Like, I'm not here to BS around. Um, He really emphasizes, like, the player experience. He's not really all about, like – like a lot of the guys have, you know, from former players and even guys who have, you know, committed to us recently or even like have been going on visits have just been like talking about how much of a difference the program, like how it feels different, like going on visits, like how much more involved the coaches are from not just your position coach, but also Billy Napier. Like, I, I know, like, right now, is in the run for the number one cornerback in the country, Carmody McLean. And, um, it's probably going to come down to Alabama and Florida is what everybody's kind of assuming, but they've asked him several times, like, you know, what's the difference to being recruited by Florida now compared to what it was like being like recruited by Florida last year. He's like, well, you know, obviously I'm from Florida, so like they've always been in touch, but he's like, now when they call me, it's, it's my position coach, Corey Raymond, but also Billy Napier. It's not like I don't – it's not like I just mm-hmm. hear from Billy Napier once or twice a month. Like, he's calling me just as regularly as my as my position coach, like, um, he, he's really seems like he's really into like the family atmosphere stuff. Like a lot of the parents, I know they interviewed a couple of the parents, um, of kids who signed in this first class or this transition class this past fall or spring. And uh, a couple of the parents are just like talking about how, how big of a deal, the way he treated them as parents of their players helped the kid make a decision. I know at like, one of our, um, big time recruits we got last year, uh, Kamari Wilson's a, safety we got out of um, IMG, huge Georgia lean like right towards the end, and we kind of came out of nowhere, um, mm-hmm. and he ended up signing with us, and he's on campus with us. I mean, he'll probably get, I would assume, significant playing time. Um, I was a true freshman, and like they – they, it kind of came out like after he signed with Florida that the night of, the night before signing day or the weekend before signing day, Billy Napier went and visited Kamari at practice. Kamari's mom was working and she was like – she works at Sam's. She's like a general manager of the Sam's store, wherever he was at. Mm-hmm. The neighbor went to Sam's and like met this lady at her job and like went inside and talked to her at her job and, you know, went to dinner with them. And it's like maybe Dan Mall was doing that and nobody knew about it, but like that's something that gets out. So if, if your coach mm-hmm. is recruiting you that hard and like putting that much emphasis into family atmosphere and meeting your parents and getting to know you like that, to me like it just sh- kind of shows a little bit different – of a style of coaching. Um, and I'm excited, man, because, like, he's from that Saban tree. I mean, I know Jim McElwain was as well, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of people around the country have kind of compared uh, Billy Napier to Kirby Smart, which, hey, that's a hell of a comparison. Like, he, he is going to be, in my opinion, probably one of the best coaches in college football for the next 20, 20 25 years, like, as long mm-hmm. as he stays healthy and, you know, nothing crazy happens to him. I mean, he to me, he is Nick Saban, you know, 2.0, like, I'm not saying he's going to be that good and win seven, eight nice championships, but he's the closest thing in college football right now to Nick Saban. And if Kirby, if yeah. Billy Napier is going to be the next Kirby Smart, like, hell yeah, I'll take that all day. Like, I mean, um I think a, a clear, you know, telltale sign is just some of the coaches he was able to bring with him, Um, mm-hmm. some of the recruiting people. He was, like, I know we – like, one of our most popular – um Staff members of a lady named Katie Turner. She's, like, our head recruiting analyst. Like, she, like, is, like, one of our head, um like, event coordinator type things for this past weekend's big event. And, like, she left Georgia. She was with Georgia last year, and she left Georgia to come with Billy Napier to Florida. Yeah. Um, and, like, there's been a bunch of articles on her this past week just about how big of a weekend we had. Because um, right after signing day this past year, it's kind of funny. Somebody, like, tweeted at her. I was like, hey, we appreciate the hard work, but we know as Florida fans, blah, blah, blah that we're going to have to be top five class to – to compete in the SEC and win nice championships. And she said, like, her, she, like, quote tweeted or, like, posted back and was like, um, there's no – we're not making any excuses over here. We will do better this next year or something like that. And she, like, pinned it. It's like her pinned tweet oh, on her yeah. own, like, Twitter page. And, like, it's just kind of, like, turned into, like uh, – one of the little – the articles I read about her yesterday was, like, she said, like, after she saw that tweet, she said the first thing that came to her mind was when she was watching the last dance and – Michael Jordan was like, and I took that personally, because like her job is to like host these kids. like she's the one who puts on all these events when kids come in like in the in the into the campus to like for like official visits. So like it's a big deal for her. Like that's her job is to like wow the parents, wow the players, be like super involved with the kids, and um, so it, it's 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 really reassuring, I guess, to see like a, a staff that just is so you know deep into recruiting. Um, we are struggling to recruit in cold positions right now, but um, I think it's just because like so, are the guys who are the, the guys coaching the positions that we we're struggling in are NFL coaches. Like, yeah, it's great to have NFL coaches on staff because like eventually that's going to help. But, like, a lot of these kids already have relationships with other uh, like pre- previous coaches in front of other schools, so it's like it's so hard to build a relationship with the coaches in six seven months and you know fall head over heels to go to that school. Um, but man. As far as SC Media Days, like I said, I I mean, it was one of those things like you didn't expect him to say a whole lot or didn't expect him to go out and say anything stupid or, um, you know, embarrass himself or make some some outlandish claim about the program like being undefeated or Anthony Richard won a Heisman Trophy or (laughs) things like that. I mean, like he just kind of went in, said what he had to say, answered the questions and just, you know, went on about his day and just was kind of like, man, I'm just excited to be here. I'm ready to get – I'm ready for – I'm ready for the ball to be in the air. I'm ready to get after it. Um, he said, man, I, you know, talking about how – he said we came in, you know, in December. We went this, you know, fall uh, bowl practice. He said he saw, like, we saw some of the needs we needed. He said I think, we, he said, I feel like we addressed some of those um, in the signing period, in the transfer portal. He said, like that, – and that's one thing I think a lot of people, like, that aren't close or don't really keep up with Florida, like just outside, like um, pundits and stuff – like they're, I'm not saying they're down on Florida, but a lot of people are kind of, oh, you know, Florida going to go seven and 5 which to I me, mean, hey, to me I wouldn't be terribly upset unless it's like a bad five losses. But yeah. Florida's got talent on the roster. It's just there's not a lot of depth, and it's a lot of unproven talent. Mm-hmm. Like we got four – you know, couple four-star, five-star wide receivers that just haven't been the guy because we just haven't had a quarterback, you know, to give them the ball when it was their turn to play. Like two years ago, yeah, we had Kyle Trask, but none of these guys were playing. Last year we had Emory Jones – Who you know also didn't pan out, and so like these guys didn't get the get the receptions and put up the numbers that like people were expecting from them out of high school. I think obviously Anthony Richardson played a little bit, but I mean like you know we saw flashes. Like his even as a Florida fan, yes, I think Anthony Richardson is going to be a superstar, but Mm -hmm. it's all hype. It's all you know project projections. Like we don't we haven't seen this guy play. He's played. I think. I think that was a thing, like a big deal Billy Daber kept saying, like, man, I think he's only thrown or had, like, 337 snaps. Like, he's not a quarterback that's played a lot. Like, yes, the tools are there. I mean, he's 6'4", runs a four four five, throws the ball 70 yard. Like, he's he's the guy you go in and create on NCAA football. Like, he's that guy. But that doesn't mean he's going to be a good quarterback. Last year, going into the season, Emory Jones was a projected top seven pick by some of them stupid websites. The dude was terrible. He's transferred to Arizona State mm-hmm. now. So, it's like, sometimes you know like it's hard to as a fan you want to dive into that hype because like, oh hell yeah man like they're hyping our core record that means we're gonna be good but it's like you know pump the brakes a little bit the, the hype's there there's a lot of people that are like within the Florida program that aren't like coaches like Tebow Chris Doran, like those kind of guys they've been to practice and they're like on the hype train as well um yeah so it's like you know those kind of people get on the hype train like usually that's a pretty good thing but um I don't know. It's going to be an exciting year. I think it's one of those like uh, type years where it's like you have to be okay with being okay. Like you can't. I mean, I'm sure. I mean, every year mm-hmm. football starts. I'd love to see four win last championship, but like <laughs> I don't. I don't have that expectation. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not going into this season that starts in four weeks. That, oh man, four win last championship. Hey, if somehow by the grace of God, four win last championship, let's go. But <laughs> if they go eight and four, nine and three, like that's a In my opinion, a really solid year, considering where the program literally was eight months ago.
1: So, yeah, DG, uh, you know, you know how much I'm on the Billy Napier hype train, man. I'm, I think he's like you said, the Saban tree and everything, and I I think he's going to be a damn good one at Florida. And you know, I was on the I was on the Dan Mullen train with you, man. I thought Dan Mullen was going to win a national championship at Florida. I thought he was going to bring one there. But last year, man, when he made the recruiting comment and it just looked like in his post-game pressers, man, it looked like he just didn't give a shit anymore, honestly. like It just looked like he had checked out and he was like, hey, I don't want to be here anymore. Uh, it is what it is, and, and I'm just kind of ready to go our separate ways. But I think you found one. I think you found a dog. Uh, I think Florida is – you know, it, it might not be this year, like you were saying. It might not be this year, but first-year coach coming from the Sun Belt and everything, it might not be this year, all right? But I think, you know, two, three years down the road, uh, I think Billy Napier is the guy, man. I, I really do. I think he's going to have Florida right back up there in Atlanta, you know, coming out of the SEC East, and – that brings me to – you mentioned earlier Chris Doring and everything. And he was on Crane & Company the other day uh, doing an interview with those guys. And they asked him about Florida fans and some of the impatient tweets uh, that are flying around Twitter, uh, some of the message board guys on there that they just seem so impatient right now. And some of them have been bashing Billy – and, you know, th- about the recruiting and, and, like, what's going on and all this stuff, man. What are your thoughts on that, and what do you have to say to the Florida fan base?
2: Man, I, 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 I'm fully, like, on his – like, on his train. Like, everything he said other that, the other day the that interview was spot on. Like – Yeah. Um, I know a couple weeks ago, like, Florida was in the running for that Jaden Rajada kid from California – Florida was the favorite for a while. He had his commitment set. He pushed it back a week. Visited Miami and ended up going to Miami.
0: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: we were in the running for a couple other people, and like uh, uh, we were in the running for two cornerbacks. There was two cornerbacks out of Alabama. One named AJ Harris is now committed to Georgia. That Florida seemed to be the favorite. Like the like he was leading. Like Florida's leading for him for a while. And then mm-hmm. there's another one named Tony Mitchell out of Alabama as well, who Florida seemed to be in the running for for a while. AJ Harris out of nowhere commits to Georgia after a visit. Um, then Tony Mitchell releases the top four. Florida wasn't even in his top four. He's now committed to Alabama. And then Jaden Rashada comes out, um, pushes back his commitment from Florida, commits to Miami. So it was like a lot of negatives, like a lot of stuff going on in the program that was kind of like, oh man, like, damn, like, it's, you know, we're in a bad spot. And then there's like several guys who we had been trending for for a while who all of a sudden, like, crystal ball, I mean, which obviously crystal balls and that crap don't mean nothing all the time, but. You know, those guys know somebody and they're talking to somebody, so they're getting information from somewhere. So, usually you can, you know, sometimes you take them with a grain of salt, but 95% of the time they're usually spot on. And a couple guys we've been leading, uh, leading for for a long time, all of a sudden, like, swapped to, like, South Carolina. And then, like, one guy swapped to Texas. And then one dude was, like, favored to, like, Michigan State. So, whether like we were losing to Georgia and Clemson and Alabama Ohio State. We were losing to teams that, like, Outside of maybe Texas, like brand wise, Florida should have to compete with. Like, we should be competing with Michigan State for kids. We should have to compete with South Carolina for people. Like, um, but then, like, all of a sudden, uh, probably the beginning of July, I think it was, we had a running back or we had a quarterback that was committed to Penn State named Marcus Stokes. He's from Jacksonville, from Bartram Trail, plays the same school t plays at. And he was like, literally two prior to that. At Elite 11, it was like, oh, oh I'm fully, 1,000% committed to Penn State, blah, blah, blah. All of a sudden, boom, he posted a thing on Facebook. Or on Facebook, posted posting on Twitter. Hey, I'm decommitting from University, or Penn State, and I'm going to – I'm committing to Florida, and I'm 100% or 1,000% Gator or whatever. Boom, he commits. And then, like, literally 25 minutes later, the running back who all of a sudden was trending toward Penn State that we had been favored for forever, boom, he commits to Florida. And, like – he literally came out after that that same evening. Like they he was in one of the little Twitter spaces. It was like, yeah, I talked to Steve Wilfong and like kind of mentioned that I was liking Penn State a little bit more in Florida, just so he would put that crystal ball in, just so he gave he gave some kind of reason. I don't know exactly what the reason was. I think he said it was because like he wanted to go visit Penn State because he knew Marcus Stokes was going. They literally visited the exact same week. He posted trail his the running back's name is Trayon on Webb he posts a picture on like a bus or something with him and Marcus Stokes, like in Penn state uniforms and just put like a little eye emoji. And literally like four days later, they both committed to Florida. Um, and now they've both been on like Twitter and at Friday night lights this past week, which was like a huge event just recruiting their asses off for Florida, like trying to get kids to come play. Like they keep tweeting like, Hey, we're not done yet. Like y'all think what we got this past weekend was good. Just wait to see what we got coming. Like, and, you know, sometimes you see shit like that, and all like, oh, these guys are trolling. It was like, man, why the hell would you be trolling the fan base you're going to play for? So, like, yeah. obviously they're, they're hearing something from some players or somebody to make them believe that we're getting some more studs coming up soon. Um, so, like, that kind of flipped, flipped the page. And, like, players were – you know, like, you, you still had – you had your negative mansees that were talking smack. So we missed out on those three or four guys that one week. But then all of a sudden, three weeks later, those are, like, your number one fans. And, and like, I just pulled up a couple of tweets from the other day, and – um i black who obviously played at Florida. He tweeted out, he said, Y'all got the receipts. Now everybody's trying to be on Napier training. We ain't forget what y'all, y'all was saying a few weeks ago. And I favored it because, like, man, you saw, I've talked to you guys several times about it. I, I'm drinking the, the Billy Napier Kool Aid. Like, I'm 1000% mm-hmm. on board. Like, if we miss out on recruits, hey, maybe we got a better plan somewhere else. Maybe he's not willing to spend X amount of money in IOWAS to go get these players. Like, hey, He's the coach, let him do what he does. If it don't work, we'll be looking for somebody else in four years anyway. So it's like, hmm. I'm not gonna be bitching because you're not, you know, you didn't get the quarterback we all wanted at the time. And it's like that's how it's kind of been like all these fans on Twitter, all these people have been like like whining and complaining, like Chris dorm straight up telling the truth. Like let the man work. Like he's been at the job since December. He hasn't even been in it for a full year. He hasn't coached a game. He has and that's another thing that's like how can you be a, how can you look at what he's doing recruiting right now and be upset? He hasn't coached a single game and yet we have the 12th ranked recruiting class in the country. Yeah. Like, and the thing is, Florida has 16 kids committed right now. 14 of the 16 are four stars and all but three, or no, all but two are from the state of Florida.
0: always have a winner mm. he literally
2: said at his, at his interview when he his prep is his first day on the job when they hired him he said we have to put a fence around Florida we cannot let these kids keep getting out of our backyard and right now he's damn sure doing it like 14 of your 16 kids are from the state of Florida and another two from Georgia like you don't have to go across yeah sure there's studs across the country there's studs in Alabama there's studs in Texas but like you're one of the biggest damn hotbeds for football players in the country like recruit the hell out of your state and if you need some people from other other places, then go get them. I know, said, or other days, SNS Media Days. Greg McElroy had maybe the best quote of the whole week, for having to do with Florida. He was like, "Florida doesn't need to worry about catching Georgia right now. Florida needs to worry about getting Florida back to where Florida needs to be. And when that happens, they'll then catch Georgia. Don't worry. Don't don't look in there. Don't look in. The, you know, don't look for. But hey, we this is what Georgia's doing. We got to copy Georgia. I like, know." Mm-hmm. Water your grass first. Water the grass in Florida. Get your Get your program to where you want your program to be. And by building your program the way you want to build it, you're going to catch Georgia just automatically, just because of it's Florida. It's not like it's you're trying to build a program at South Carolina. Like I like mean, you were talking the other day. Florida's a national brand. Like this is a school that's been a national champion. They've put out players into the league. Like even though we've struggled the last 15 years, I think Florida's still fourth. Um, in, like, the most active players on NFL rosters. Yep. So you have the talent. Like, it's not like there's not players coming to Florida. Now you just have a coach that can recruit the talent, hopefully can coach the talent, and it's going to start turning around. It's just like – I think it's aggravating. It, I couldn't imagine, you know, obviously being somebody who plays with the team or coaches the team because, like, man, we got all these damn fans that are all these Florida fans and they love us so much. But one thing goes bad and all of a sudden they're negative. It's like, man, you're never going to see me – like, to myself, sure, like, man, damn, man, I wish we got that guy. But, man, I don't, I don't have a clue what's going on behind the scenes. I'm just a casual fan. Like, yep. I'm not going to get upset and tweet, out, oh, Billy Napier sucks his job. Like, he needs to learn how to recruit. Like, no, nah, man, because maybe he's got a better plan in place that we just don't know about. Like, let him do what he's doing. Like, unless he, you know, four years from now we still suck, we can't recruit, all right, then we'll make some changes. But I don't see that happening. Like, everything I've heard, all of the big-time, like, college football people, um, you know, the no Billy Napier officer are like more on the no than the uh, officer we are. They're like, man, Billy is the guy. Like, Billy is gonna turn far around. Like, parent, you know, players love him. Administrations love him. He can recruit. He's not a, like out loud, right? But look at I me, mean, you think about, like, man, who are your top, probably what, three or four college football coaches right now? Nick Saban, mm-hmm. Kirby Smart, Ryan Day, and then obviously probably Dabo. Dabo yeah. is the only one in that entire group that's kind of like outlandish and does some weird stuff. But it works for Dabo. Like Dabo, what that what Dabo does attracts kids to come play for him.
0: Absolutely. But
2: Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Ryan Day, man, you don't ever see or hear about anything they do in the media. They're never. Mm-hmm. If they do, it's because they're bitching at some reporter for asking some stupid question. Like it's never anything like, oh well, yeah, last week Kentucky player said this on Twitter, so we're gonna whoop their ass. Like no, they just keep it straight. Hey, close knit, keep it inside the building. And we're gonna kick your ass when we play on the football field. We don't have to talk about it, mm-hmm. and like. To me, that's what it seems like Billy Napier is trying to build. And I saw um, that Barry Saliga tweeted out a couple weeks ago. I was like, the programs who have seemed to like take off nationally and who are like hot right now recruiting are the schools who, whose administration has given their football head coaches full go. Like, hey, you you're the football coach. We're not getting anyway. And that's the truth. Like Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, Oklahoma, you know, Florida, LSU, like Notre Dame. These schools are like, hey, look. We're just the administration that pays you guys. You go do your job. We're not going to get in the way. And that's what – and I know, like, a lot of people say, like, that was Billy Napier's, like, main thing when he was, like, looking at the job. Like, look, I'm not coming here if I don't have full control of this program. Like, I don't need you sticking your hand in the pot. I'm the coach. Let me do my job. You just sit back and enjoy why, why I work. Um, so, like I said, I, I, I'm fully on the Billy Napier train. I'm fully on – you know, I feel exactly how, you know, Chris Dorn was saying, is like, like I said, obviously I follow all the, you know, I follow beat Riders, but also follow just the casual Florida fans. And some of them are annoying as hell about how damn negative they are. It's like, man, we haven't played a game. Like, and we're one of the top – we're one of the hottest recruiting teams in the country right now. Like, just sit back and enjoy. Like, we It it, it blows my mind, man, how, like, people take this stuff so serious. Like, it, it, obviously, yes, I would love for Florida to win national championship every single season. That's not realistic, but it also doesn't affect my lifestyle whatsoever. Or if I wake up on Saturday and they fart against me, guess what? Unless something crazy happens, I'm going to wake up on Sunday too, and I'm going to be just fine. I still have a job; like it's not going to affect my lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And so, like the people who go on Twitter and are whining and bitching and complaining and always, you know, oh well, we suck, we can't recruit, blah blah blah. Like, man, just shut up, just live. Like you have nothing to do with the program. Like you probably don't <laughs> go to like. You probably didn't go to school there. I, obviously, I didn't go to Florida. That I mean I can't be a fan. But it's like, man, if you don't, if you're not paying, if you're not giving the school money, like your opinion doesn't matter. Like, just shut up, just be a fan, sit back, let the people who get paid to do the do that job do their job. So, like I said, Chris Doring hit hit the nail on the head, dude.
1: Yeah, DG, um, you know, and like you were talking about Barrett Saley and everything. I think that was a, a slick shot at Auburn because, you know, he's an Auburn guy and everything, and and he's just uh, – I think he's kind of fed up with the, the Brian Harson against the, the Board of Trustees and everything, and I think he took a slick shot right there at, at Auburn, man, with that yeah. little t- – and DG, I'm with you, man, about the fans because, you know, I'm sure you see it on Twitter, man. I deal with it a lot with Auburn fans, man, and yeah. I read a lot of Auburn fans' stuff, and I'm just like – you know, man, calm down, like chill out. Our coach is in his second year. Obviously there's been some things come out where, you know, he didn't have, uh, you know, he didn't have a tight knit locker room and, and some of his coaches didn't get along and it wasn't the coaches that he necessarily wanted. And so now they feel like, Hey, it's his staff and these are the guys that he wanted. And, Eric, he saw it offensive coordinator and Jeff Schmetting over there on the D the defensive coordinator spot. And I kind of, I kind of feel like the Florida and Auburn fan bases are kind of similar right now because they're in that unknown area. You know, they don't know what to expect and I'm with you, man. I think Chris Doring hit the nail on the head. And as me, as an Auburn fan, I I feel the same way. Hey, Shut up, okay? Just shut up, and you don't know what's going to happen, okay? Yes. And I'm right there with you with Florida. Uh, be patient. Be patient. Patience is a virtue. Uh, you're in the midst of Georgia and Alabama, okay? Both of our two biggest rivals on top of the college football world, DG. All right? You yes. know, it's, it's – I mean, and don't get me wrong. Like, I know you all have Florida State, and that's a rival. But, I mean – in conference man that georgia rivalry i mean that that cocktail party is huge and i just look at both of us man and i see it's kind of in similar spots because both fan bases are fuming they don't really know where they're at as a program right now and you know you look we got alabama you know y'all have georgia and it's just kind of like man like like we want to win and there's an urgency to win but we're impatient as fans man we really are and um you know i don't know if you 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 know if you saw the tweet where like you were saying these dudes they just take it so serious and don't get me wrong i take college football serious i love college football i love auburn football uh if they lose man i'm not in a good mood i'm not happy i don't really want to be around many people but like you said. You know, God willing, I'm going to wake up the next day on that Sunday and kick back and watch some NFL football. But, man, just the fans, man, like like I, I lit I lit a tweet up the other day and I said, is there anybody out there that gives Auburn a shot to start 5-0 and go into Athens and shock the country, okay? I wasn't making a prediction. I was just wanting to know, is anybody giving Auburn a legitimate shot? And, dude, Georgia fans come out of the woodworks. I mean, calling me – they were calling me a, a an idiot, uh, you don't know shit. And I'm sitting here and I'm like, dude, read the tweet. Like, you're so mad that, that I said that Auburn could go into Athens and win. Like, you're not even reading the tweet. It wasn't a prediction. Yeah. It was a question,
2: yeah.
1: And like, that's like how crazy football. You know, that's how crazy it is down south here in the SEC. Man, it matters so much to people, and uh, I think fan bases get on edge like that. And and I, I really do. I think Auburn and Florida are kind of in that same boat right there as fan bases right now. So that's why I was wanting to ask you. And I, I do think Chris Doring hit the nail on the head, man. Um, and and by the way, he does great work. He loves Florida. Uh, was a great was a great player at Florida, um, and like you were saying about Florida, man, and the national brand. One thing I love about Florida is they're a part of Jordan Brand. Okay, I think that has really uh, been a big a big step uh, for, for the University of Florida. Jordan Brand is it's going a long way, man, and uh, kids, you know, kids love to wear that Jordan Brand. Uh, they love. It. Yeah. Uh, Mike's the GOAT. We all know that, and and I think it goes a long way. Uh, another thing is, like you were saying with Tim Tebow, Florida has greats, okay, all-time greats. Uh, we all know how many dudes they put into the NFL, man, and, and still active, man. Like Joe Hayden was one of my favorite players uh, yeah. coming up when I was in high school. Uh, you know, they had those special teams at Florida. Joe Hayden was a dog. And and you know we all know Tebow, and we could go down the list and everything. And then you guys have one of the greatest coaches of all time, you know Steve Spurrier. Uh, yeah,
2: and, I mean Irving Meyer. I mean, depending on who you're talking to, like he's one of the best college football coaches ever as well. Like
1: exactly, Urban Meyer, man. Look, he did it. He did it at multiple places. He he took Utah and put them as a national brand. Okay, yeah. But I mean, he he brought them smooth up, put them on the map, and now look at now look at Utah's program. All right. Yep. Uh, and then he, he went to Florida. I mean, bang, you know. I mean, one natty's there, and then he goes to Ohio State and wins one, you know. I mean, he – one of the greats. And, and Spurrier, man, one of the all-time greats. Uh, Spurrier, I mean, he, he really ignited the offensive side in college football, man. You really look at it. Steve Spurrier is the one who really – uh, was the X's and O's of of the, the the spread offense and stuff? He he was the yeah. high flying attack man, and I uh, really put the ball through the air and everything. And and uh, he he was just uh, he will go down as one of the legends of college football. And I know he's dying for Florida to get back, man. I know he. Yeah, is. I mean
2: like like that's what's crazy. It's like he obviously was at South Carolina was his last job, but now he is in some kind of capacity with Florida. There's literally mm-hmm. a restaurant in Gainesville called Spurrier. It's like a high-dine, like, fancy restaurant. Like, that's where they take the recruits on their official visits. Like, he's just as involved in Gainesville and as far as he probably was when he coached. I mean, obviously probably not as much. But, like, yeah. they, that's a recruiting tool. Like, you have freaking Steve Spurrier in the office with you. They say he'll, like, just randomly be walking through to, like, the facilities and, like, draw walk up and just draw up some offensive plays hey, y'all use these if y'all want them. And it's, like, that's another thing Billy Napier is kind of doing. Like, obviously, like, you know – Dan Mullen brought back the guys he coached. So, yes, Tebow was very involved with Dan Mullen. Like, some of the other offensive guys he coached. But, like, Billy Napier is bringing back guys that he had obviously nothing to do with. Like, the other day at uh, Friday Night Lights, uh, Johnny Townsend, who was one of our punters a couple years ago, the stud, and Trey Burton. They were back in Gainesville helping with the event. Then, like, a lot of the older players that, like, were playing before I was, you know, really a big fan or watching football, they're part of, like, these big events. Like, one of them cooks the food. One of them helps, like – with um, at like the transportation, one of them helps with like, and it's like you have to get all these other players, these former players involved to show like, well, hey, if you're getting all these guys back in the in the fold, like, hey man, like this guy, this dude's something's different about this guy. Like Ahmad Black, Ahmad Black to me is it's it's incredible. It actually helps for a a ton. He's Lakewood High School's defensive bass coach. Mm. for
1: should recruit the living shit
2: out of Lakewood High School DBs.
1: Yeah, what a DB like, he was. Like if
2: you and, and that with what's even better for Florida is that Cormani McClain, number one quarterback in country. Guess where he goes to school? Lakeland High School. He mm. just transferred for a senior season. Guess who his DB coach is? my Black. Like, mm. not that I mean, you know what I'm saying? With NIL now, like that's not even a problem. Like five years ago, that had been an issue. Now who cares? Hey, go get him. And it's like these dudes are all fully invested in Billy Napier. They're all like, hey, this is the guy. Like. He's gonna get farther back on the on the map where far is supposed to be, and it's not gonna be like a one year fluky thing. It's gonna be like, hey, when they get back, they're back. Like, yes, they all made it to the to the, uh, New Year's Six Bowls three years in a row. That don't mean shit. The first year we were nine and three, like we just won big games late. The second year I think we were eleven and two, but we still lost to Georgia and we lost to LSU, which obviously LSU was out of this world that year. So, like, you weren't going to beat LSU earlier. Really. But Florida should have beat Georgia. That Kyle Trapp, like, we we hung with LSU in Tiger Stadium, but then we can't beat Jake Fromm. Like, mm-hmm. and then obviously you probably still go 11-2 either way because you probably lose LSU twice. But whatever. In the following year, yes, on paper, Florida's team was one of the best offenses ever. Like, that's – I mean, they were – if Alabama's team's not a team that year, like Devontae Smith and all them some guns aren't – Alive that year. That that Florida offense is incredible. I mean, Kyle Trask, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius, Tony, all superstars. But still an eight and four. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yes, Florida was back. I mean, depending on who you're talking to. Yes, we got we got to the new year six bowl. But it's like that's not kind of like we talked about earlier baseball season. Like you said, like Bush Thompson. Mm-hmm. Getting to Omaha is no more no longer uh, like okay. Getting there is great. Let's win it. Winning. If you're not winning who gives a shit? Same thing with Florida. Hey, whoop-de-doo, we went 10-2. We made a college, We you know, we made a new year's six bowl. Okay, and who watches that game, anyways? Nobody. 95% of the time, your good players don't even play. So it's like, you know, Florida hasn't been back. Like, yes, they've been on the verge of being back, but it was never like a oh man, Florida's back. Like they're they win this game, they're playing for the national championship. Because even with Jim McElwyn, we made the SC championship game two times in a row. We weren't good. <laughs> the East was just terrible. Mm-hmm. Like but they're saying man, they're like, all the big-time people, all the people big around Florida program. Like the big, I know Josh Payton today, he came out and said, like, Florida, he's like, yes, Florida's recruiting class on paper is still only number 12. He said, but Florida's recruiting is back. Like, people need to fear Billy Napier when it comes to recruiting because hmm. what he's done just in the month of July alone should show you, hey, this guy is not playing no games. There's a quarterback last Thursday. He was committed to Ohio State. He visited yep. Florida Friday. Yep. He was supposed to apparently go visit Miami Saturday. Guess what? Bill and April said, hey, no, big dog. We're going to stay in Gainesville for two days. Guess what he did? Stay in Gainesville for two days. Guess what he did Sunday night? Decommitted from Ohio State. Like, and he guess where he's from? The f- state of Florida. And if he goes to Florida, that's another huge flip. Like, that you flip a guy from Ohio State, like, who's been putting out cornerbacks every year for the last five years, it seems like. They're competing mm-hmm. for national championships. Like, you're selling something to these kids, and you haven't even coached a game. So, mm-hmm. what's going to happen if Florida does come out and go nine and three? Or, like, I, like, this past weekend we had a quarterback. He's the number one dual-threat dual quarterback in the country for next year's class out of Texas. His name is DJ Lagway. Apparently mm-hmm. he's a stud at baseball, too. We've we've offered him a baseball and football. Um, wow. But he's a dual-threat quarterback. Similar build to Anthony Rishon, like, for a high school kid. Let's say Anthony Rishon goes out and goes crazy this year, goes 9 three, ten, and 2 somehow, leaves, gets drafted first, you know, 15 picks in the draft. Dude, if I'm that kid, guess where I'm going to school? I'm coming to Florida. Right. Because I'll probably come, I sit on the bench for maybe a year or or not even a year. he probably come in as a freshman and probably be the best quarterback we have on campus. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you start, you put, you're recruiting well without any type of foundation of showing what you can do on the field. They're just seeing hope, man. This guy coached really well at Louisiana Lafayette. And he's obviously selling a really good, uh, you know, he's selling a good item to people right now in Gainesville. How crazy is recruiting going to get it if they go have a good season? And he proves, that hey, I'm not just a, you know, a good group of five coach. I can coach with the big dogs. Mm-hmm. Like, Florida goes nine. Let's just say, you know, we're going to go over schedule in a second. But let's just say Florida goes nine and three. You lose to Tennessee, Georgia, and Texas A&M. And you don't lose any of those games by more than a touchdown. Hey, guess what? That's a hell of a season. Mm-hmm. Hell of a season because you're at Tennessee, you're at Texas A&M, and m Georgia's predicted to come in second, unlikely in the country all year, and yep. you lose by a combined three, or four touchdowns total to those three teams. Hey, guess what? Far's back, and it took them nine months. So, um, it's going to be interesting. I, I'm, I'm. This is honestly one of the most exciting, like I, most excited seasons like prior to a season I've had in a long time, and we're not even predicted to really do anything crazy. Three years ago or two years ago. We had Kyle Trask coming back. We had all those guys, Kyle Pitts, Kadarius Tony. It's was like, man, Florida's would be good. Florida's got a chance of really doing something special.
0: Mm-hmm. And I'm probably more
2: excited for this year. Just kind of like you said, like as Florida fan, as you as an Auburn fan, like we know what we have as coaches. We know what we have talent wise on the team, but what's it going to produce? How good is it going to look? How What's the product going to be? And mm-hmm. that's, yes, you know, we both would love for our teams to be competing for national championships like Alabama and Auburn or Alabama and Georgia do, or are doing right now. But, that's just not where our programs are at right now, as, as fans. Yep. So it's like, be okay with nine and three. Be okay with a very good progression from. Hey, last year we went six and seven. The same talent outside of a few guys went nine and three this year. Guess what? That means there's a big difference in coaching. Yep. Sender.
1: Yeah, DG, I, I agree with you spot on, man. And and uh, I, I'm looking. I'm sitting here looking at the Florida schedule, man. And and I wanted you to to take a rundown on it, and there's a big one out the gate, all right? They played in the Rose Bowl last year, had a had a stellar finish with Ohio State, man. Uh, took them down to the wire. Uh, it was a shootout. It was a, a great game for college football, and the Utah Utes traveled to Gainesville week one. I know you're going to be there. We kicked this schedule off, man. What do you like right here week one? Does Florida pull the upset against Utah? Um, man,
0: it's... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before
2: my kid's PTA meeting.
0: Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: It's so tough because I ask like, people, you know, oh, you're a homer, but like, man, I just don't see how, like, Yes, I know Utah's bringing a lot of players back. Utah's bringing, you know, the quarterback back. They're a lot of players. They got a couple of good guys out of the portal. And, you know, it, to me, man, it's so – like, college football is such like a what have you done for me lately thing. You're like, yes, Utah finished the season well. But they played Ohio State. Yes, their offense scored a lot of points. But, like, they gave up 60. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. and, and they returned – They returned so many studs. Like, okay – you played Ohio State, whose defense was ass mm-hmm. already. They had a lot of – I mean, Ohio State had a freaking defensive back playing or a running back playing corner cornerback <laughs> in the Rose Bowl. Yeah. They had dudes that didn't play that position, playing that position for that game just because, like, all their superstars, like, hey, man, look, yes, it's the Rose Bowl, but we got big money we're about to make. We're not playing. Mm-hmm. Like, man, how the hell are you going – yes, I think the quarterback's a good quarterback. Cam Rising's a good player. He's probably – Maybe the best quarterback in the Pac 12 outside of Cale Williams. But man, all the let's just say Florida recruits, let's just say Florida pulls a couple more recruits in this this month of August. Mm -hmm. And let's just say some videos come out of Anthony Richard and just absolutely dogging people at practice. Or we come out, you know, and just some, you know, really good videos of practice come out in the next four weeks. Mm -hmm. Man, the energy right now is already high enough. You get. Hype energy, you get hype recruiting energy. You get a coach that people really believe in his first game in the swamp, prime time, top eight team in the country at nighttime
0: in mm. Gainesville,
2: week one. And it's really outside of Notre Dame, Ohio State, the biggest game on TV. Like mm. that, I've been to plenty of Florida games, man. I've been to Alabama, Florida last year, it was the fifth biggest crowd ever. I went to the Auburn Florida game a couple years ago, it was probably one of the even though it wasn't as big of a crowd, like numbers wise, like record attendance, probably one of the loudest games I've ever been to. Like when Florida scored in that first play of the game to score, like to take the lead or whatever, mm-hmm. I swear to God, it was the whole stadium was shaking. And like, we were in upper deck. So, you know, it was shaking on the bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, So I, just, like, again, a nighttime game. I've been, on, I've only been to one nighttime game in Gainesville. And it was against LSU in like 2014. And we weren't even good. And it was absolutely rocking. So like, this it's if Utah comes in and beats Florida, they're gonna have to beat Florida. Like I don't see, I, I really don't see Florida being the team they were last year where they go in and beat themselves. I think Florida's gonna be a really disciplined football team. I think Billy Napier really preaches that. You can just tell, like in the conversations he's like had, and then I remember like during the spring, some of the like scrimmage games. Like the first scrimmage, I think Florida had like nine penalties, and you could tell he was pissed. The next week, he said we only had two penalties the entire scrimmage. Damn. That's how you win football games. You don't have penalties and you don't make stupid mistakes. You win football games. And Utah is going to make stupid mistakes just simply because they won't be able to hear themselves think. It's going to be 100 degrees, muggy as hell. Utah is not going to be used to that. You can't practice that loud of crowd noise. You can't practice that kind of heat. You can't practice the energy. Like, I, I, dude, I am so excited to just be in Gainesville. Like, yes, in the stadium is fun, one thing. But, dude, just walking around, like, the campus is – one of my favorite parts about going to football games, especially a big game like last year, we played Alabama. Most people there didn't give us a shot in the dark to win that game, but mm-hmm. you could you walk around the campus, bro. We were about to win a national championship. Like it was, everyone was hype, man. Like they were like, oh man, for man Bo Nix beat all Or Bo Nix beat this team. Do you think Emory Jones can't beat them? And it was like this kind of crazy hype going, on. and that's how it, it's fun. So it's like that same hype probably times five is going go going into that Utah game again. Night game in the swamp. Billy Napier's first game. Um, tons of energy. And it's it's crazy to kind of say that. So obviously, I think Florida's gonna win. I don't know if I maybe mean, it could be a seven, a six game. It could be a forty-five to thirty-eight game. I really have no idea as far as like a score type prediction. I think Florida wins, but it's one of those games. Even though Utah's gonna be a top-eight team, it's gonna. I feel like it's gonna kind of be like if Florida does lose, it's gonna be like a. It's gonna kind of like damn, like, man, like, there goes the season already. And it's like, it shouldn't be like that because, like, we're going to be underdogs. We shouldn't, like, a lot of people aren't going to expect us to win outside of Florida fans and Florida players mm-hmm. and coaches. But it's like, it's going to have a weird feeling. It's like, man, we let that one slip away, even though on paper they're a better team than us. Or, you know, in the national media's eyes, they're a better team than us. But, dude, I just – I honestly, maybe it's the Florida fan in me. I just do not see Utah coming to Gainesville – And beating Florida Week One, so I think Florida goes in Week One, starts the season, starts the Billy Napier era on off on a fantastic foot. You beat a top ten team in the Swamp, um, prime time. Everybody in the country is going to see it. And I think, I think, I think that the ball get. It's one of those games, man. You win. I think it projects you into a. I think you orbit. I mean, like you're just shot into the freaking shot to the moon. I think that's kind of. It's one of those games, like you you win it, your season takes off. If you lose it, I'm not saying the season, you're not going to, you know, it's not going to be a downfall, but it might be just kind of one of those like bumpy roads. Like, hey, we're going to win a few. We're going to lose some really close games, but you got to be okay with going 75, 84. But again, I don't see that happening. I think Florida beats Utah. I think it's our season one though.
1: So DG, you you predict the upset. And then next week uh, you guys have Kentucky coming to the swamp. Uh, what's your prediction on on week two?
2: Man, I think you beat Utah at night. The, the Kentucky games, the night game as well in the swamp. I don't see Kentucky. I, I'm not a believer in Kentucky. I don't know why mm-hmm. the hell they get so much hype every single season. Yes, Mark Stoops has built, you know, turned Kentucky into a somewhat of a football school. Not really. But if you ask their fans, they are like, they're still an 8 and 4, 9 and 3 school. They're never going to compete. They're never going to win national Championships. They're never going to win SEC East. Like, mm-hmm. you're still a middle of the road SEC football team. Mm hmm. Yes, they have a stud running back. Chris Rodriguez, I think, is one of the best running backs in the country. But I am not on the Will Levis train. Like, there's just Mm -hmm. no shot in hell. He went from mediocre last year to first-round pick this year when he doesn't have any weapons around him. 64% or 48% – it was like something like that, some crazy number of his passes last year in yards and touchdowns was one player who's no longer there. Yeah. Like, that's a big part of your offense. And it's not like, you know, obviously Joe Burrow had that year. Like his first year at LSU, he sucked, and all of a sudden he was a superstar. But he damn sure should have been a superstar with the players he had around him. Will Levis ain't got Jamar Chase. He ain't got Claude L.A.R.G. Lair. He don't have Terrace Marshall. He ain't got these dogs running out the locker room with him. Um, again, I'm not a believer in Kentucky. Um, another game in the swamp. Another night, night game in the swamp. Coming off an incredibly hype week.
1: Um so I think Florida beats you tug out there two and out. DG got Florida starting two and oh. Love to see it. DG, uh you, you, you September 17th, week three. You got South Florida coming to the swamp. Uh, I'm I'm gonna say that's a cupcake. I think that's yeah. a rest week. Uh yeah, we blew,
2: we blew them out last year. we blew them out again.
1: Blowing them out again. So you got Florida at three and oh, DG. All right. Cool. But the, here's the test, DG. All right. We, yep. 24th, you go at Tennessee. All right, Rocky Top up there in Neyland Stadium. What do you like week four?
2: Oh, man, this is another one It's just it's so tough. Um, Like last year, Kentucky – I mean, not Kentucky. Tennessee's returned a lot of their players from last year. Mm-hmm. We played them last year in the swamp with Emory Jones, who was a mediocre quarterback at best, and beat them 38-14. to 14. Mm-hmm the week after playing Alabama. So, it was like, it's one of those games, like it could have been a trap game. Like, man, far riding high, they just should have beat Alabama or they played Alabama really well. And now you get a decent or decent Tennessee team, and we dog walked them. Um, I know a lot of people are high on Tennessee this year. A lot of people high, are high on Hendon Hooker. I'm one of those people. I think Hendon Hooker is the second-best quarterback in the SEC preseason. Maybe not then, mm-hmm. but as of right now, I'd give him second-best quarterback in the conference. Um I don't know that Tennessee is more talented than Florida. I just think Tennessee has the advantage of being in their second year with Josh Heupel, having a quarterback with a lot of experience, hitting Hooker again is a good quarterback, playing at home. Um, obviously, I think Florida can win the game. I think Florida – I mean, you you go beat Utah, you go beat Kentucky, and you start off 3-0, you're going to be riding high. Like, there should be no reason not to feel like you can beat Tennessee. But – um I think Florida struggle, I think Florida stumbles. Uh, I think that's going to be our first loss. Then we go into. I think we go in and give them a hell of a game, but I think we leave there three and one.
0: Mm,
1: yeah, I, I respect that, DG. I respect it, man. Tennessee is going to be legit, uh, and all the praise you gave to Hendon Hooker right there, I absolutely agree with, man. Uh, then you guys travel back home. Uh, you got Eastern Washington in the swamp. Just um, get W. Skip that one for him. Four and one. <laughs> yeah, four and one uh, cupcake week there. Then you go uh, October eighth. Uh, you got Missouri um, coming into the swamp. Is that a homecoming? That's, yeah, that's homecoming, yeah. Wow, got Missouri is the homecoming game. What do you like there, DG?
2: Um, it's kind of funny because like that—that's kind of like low, like weirdly low key turned into like a like not not a rivalry, but it's like a, it's like a weird little thing. Because like two years ago, the COVID year, we played on like Halloween, and mm-hmm. like their player hit one of their guys hit Calatrava late on a play like low. And Dan Mullen damn near fought their whole football team. Like, they were trying to fight at halftime. Like, Damon literally walked in the locker room, came back out of the locker room, got the crowd hype, came back, and we beat their ass. And then at the press conference, Dan Mullen showed up dressed up as Darth Vader. Yeah. <laughs> um, kind of hot That's where we should have known as Florida fans that it was just going to plummet from there. Um, <laughs> that, that, that happens. And then, um, then their coach – the last year, SEC media days, like, was like, yeah, we, we got Florida coming into, into Missouri in November. It's going to be cold. They don't know how to play in the snow. We're going to beat them. And they did. Now, granted, they didn't beat us bad. They beat us in, like, double overtime because we couldn't – we had a quarterback that didn't know what team to play for. But um, they beat us in overtime. So, it's like – it's kind of weirdly like, – maybe not now because the mullen one gone, but, it was like, their coach was trying to turn it into something. Um, man, they don't have anywhere near the talent we have. Especially since they lost their quarterback. Connor Basilak left. Um, I don't remember where he transferred to, but he left. Indiana. Um, yeah. Kind of a random move. But um, yeah, so Missouri is going to be terrible. Um, I think it's a big, big time bounce back week. Um, you know, because, I mean, to me, like Florida loses, the, you know, beats Utah, beats Kentucky, goes into Tennessee 3 0, loses that game. Like, you're still probably top 20. You should probably still be a top 25 team. Oh, yeah. Unless, you know, Unless Tennessee just comes in and just annihilates you. But even then, like you're probably still ranked. Um, you want to beat Missouri, kind of get back on their winning, get get back on the winning track. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't see Missouri being an issue. And I think Florida leaves Missouri leaves that Missouri game uh four and five and one.
1: Five and one, yeah. You would leave five and one, and then uh you got LSU coming in, man. Uh the the very yeah. next week. Uh you're sitting at five and one. What do you think, DG? Um,
2: This is another one that's kind of tough. It's like both programs are kind of in the same spot. Both got new coaches. Both got quarterbacks that you don't really know much about. Like, yes, they have Max Johnson and Jaden Daniels, who have been guys who've played for the last couple years. But they're both new to LSU. They're both new to Brian Kelly's offense. Um, But they also have that freshman number one quarterback in the country from last year who's who's there as well. It's LSU. You got talent on the team. Um, I don't know how much talent. I mean, like everybody Honestly, man, outside of their two quarterbacks, and that's just because of following college football closely, and then Kayshawn Butte, I couldn't name another player on their team. Um, which, I
1: mean, maybe I should know, you know more. to Alabama, so I mean, yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Like their best
2: players left, like all their best players. Like Kayshawn Butte was in the transfer portal for a while,
1: and they must have offered him a bag, so he came back. But like you know, Max Johnson, he transferred to Texas a and Oh, Max. Uh, Miles Brennan.
2: Yeah, I'm going to say Max – I thought, wait, who went to LSU? Somebody mm-hmm. did go to LSU, wasn't
1: Max, it? Max Johnson, he transferred to AM. Miles Brennan come back from the injury. And then um, Jaden – So Miles Myle- so Jay-
2: Brennan versus Jaden Daniels for the quarterback. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so, Jesus Christ, if Miles Brennan's a the quarterback, then I'm not worried about mm-hmm. it at all. Um, <laughs> and, again, it's another game in the swamp. And, like, at that point of the season, like, shoot, man, Florida, I feel like, never gets night games. And we're getting two – like, our first three games, like, it's Utah, Kentucky – uh, South, Florida, South Florida are all night games. Not that South Florida matters, but, like, um, so I'm sure that game may be the 2.30 CBS or another night game. And, um, man, if you're 5-1 and one going to that game, like, that's a lot. That's a big year. That's a hell of a season so far for Florida. And, like, a lot of – I really, like, looking at our schedule, I don't know why we shouldn't be 5-1. I mean, like, granted, yes, I know a lot of people are a big high on Utah, high on Kentucky. So, shit, we could be 3-3 three and three going to that game, um, which – wouldn't shock me either. I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if we're three and up. That's, that's what's so crazy about Florida's game here, man, like in just so many unknowns. Florida could go in that game three and three. We could go in a four and two. We could go five and one, or we could be undefeated. And, like, mm-hmm. yes, I know that might sound really stupid, but it's like that's how I think how talented Florida is but just not having a for sure clue of, like, okay, what's going to happen on the field. And mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson, man, if he doesn't stay healthy, we are screwed. Like mm-hmm. – we have no depth – like, yes, we have quarterbacks behind him, but one of them a guy who's a transfer from Ohio State who's never played, and then two true freshmen – or a freshman and a true freshman who weren't highly recruited guys. So, mm-hmm. Anthony Richardson has to be healthy, which, you know, sucks having a guy. Like, obviously, you know, it would be better to have a solid backup, but, hey, I mean, roll what you got with, you know. Um, but, man, here's my thing, bro. If, you're, if you got to leave Arizona State – and train, like, I was a big Jaden Daniels guy two years ago. Like, I thought Jane Daniels was a stud. And, yeah. like, he was. I mean, he had some really big-time games, beating Oregon, like, as a freshman. I'm like yeah. – and, like, he was a, he was a dog at, at um, Arizona State. And then I don't know if he got hurt or what happened, but it kind of fell off and now he's all gone. Miles Brandon feels like he's been in college for 10 years. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big believer in Brian Kelly. I mean uh, – I'm not – I think he'll be okay. I don't think he's what LSU was – LSU missed. They wanted Billy Napier and didn't get him, and mm-hmm. they settled. I mean, it's crazy, it's crazy to say you settle for Brian Kelly, somebody who's – excuse me, the all-time winning this coach in Notre Dame and, you know, has been in the playoffs a couple times, been in the National Championship game, you know, has had some really good teams. I just don't he, – he just don't seem like an LSU guy. And maybe it's just because everybody got used to Ed O and he was the LSU guy through and through. But, like, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. I Brian Kelly is another one of those question marks for me. Like, is it, if he works out, he can, they're going to be fantastic. But if it doesn't work out, he won't be there three years. Mm-hmm. Um, another game that I just feel like playing the swamp is going to um, come into play. And then, again, I look at the quarterback situation. We have Anthony Richman, who I believe is, if healthy, top five quarterback in the country, maybe top three. Maybe that's a really bold statement, but I really agree with that. Mm-hmm. And then – we have quarterback questions in LSU. So, I'm going to take Florida. Maybe I'm a homer. Maybe they lose. Maybe LSU is better than I think. But I think we leave the LSU game
1: 6-1. Love that, DG. I, I'm not drinking the LSU Kool-Aid this year either, man. Like you said, too many quarterback questions. Uh, Jaden Daniels, it it looked like he was a shithead in the locker room at Arizona State, honestly. Like, they were cleaning out his stuff, bro, when he said he was transferring. And they were like, get this dude out. Yeah. Like, no. And, and it, it was a locker room problem, man. And then you know things might have changed at LSU. I hope they did, you know. Uh, but there's just Miles Brennan, Jaden Daniels. Like I, I just I don't know, man. I don't I don't. There's just so many questions there. E, you, Eli Ricks he transfers to Alabama. I just I'm not sipping the LSU Kool Aid. Um, so, but that puts you at six and one. You got them at six and one right now, and they're going into to Jacksonville, Florida for the cocktail party against Georgia, man. Uh, what do you think about that one?
2: Yeah, man, I think this is where the uh the hype train kind of slows down a little bit. Um <laughs> I, it's another game that sucks. It's like it's, it's another one of those ones that's like as a Florida fan, like it's so hard to say, man, George's better than us. Cause like again, I don't think Stetson Bennett Bennett's a better quarterback than Anthony Richardson talent-wise. Yeah. But and Stefon Bennett's proven he can do it. You have He's kind of in that situation like Alabama quarterbacks have been in for the last 20 years. Like, you've got 45 stars beside you, behind you, and around you. You better be freaking good. Um,
1: yeah.
2: I think their defense, like, yes, I think they'll take a step back because of how good they – from what they were last year, their defense is still going to be really good. They mm-hmm. probably got three or four first-round picks on defense again. Um, you got talent, you know, on the offense. The offensive line, I think I saw it at the end thing that they, like, top 50 offensive line in the country, and they had three of them. On the top fifty, Man. so like that's obviously really, really good. Um, got good running backs. Um, wide receiver, they kind of, kind of weak at wide receiver. I mean, you got question mark. It's a question mark. Yeah, you got the McConkie kid, and you got another guy there, like Terrace Mitchell or Terrence something like that. they are a lot of they're high on, but they have the best tight end. They have the best tight end room in college football, and like An people insane. have said in college football history. Yeah. Um, but what's crazy to me is like, yes, you say that, but. Outside of Brock Bowers, the other two are just kind of projected. Like, Eric Gilbert is is decent. Darnell Washington is just like, oh, he's 6'7". He's 6'7". Like, he's 6'7", 260. Yeah, he better be good. That's LeBron James playing tight end. like Yeah. So, like, yes, he's a mismatch problem, clearly. But, like, can he go out and run a route? Can he go out and catch? What's he going to do when some middle linebacker busts his ass in the mouth on a, you know, like, a, like when they chip him one time? Like, you'll have to find out. Brock Bowers is that guy. Brock Bowers, we talked about this a couple weeks ago. If Brock Bowers has a season he had last year, man, I'm not even playing enough season of football, college football. I'm sitting out, and I'm waiting for my money because he will be a top 15 draft pick as a tight end in two years. I mean, mm-hmm. dude was the best tight end in the country as a freshman last year. If he has even halfway decent of a season this year, I know people might disagree with that, but there's no way in hell I'm playing another year of college football. Yes, I know you get hurt working out and you get hurt walking down the stairs, but a lot less likely to get hurt playing, walking down the stairs than playing football. But anyways, um, so Georgia obviously has the talent. They obviously right now have the coach advantage. Um, I do not think – I think the other day I was listening to one of the Florida podcasts I listened to, and I think the line, they've already released a line for that game. I want to say it's like 14, 14 and a half, something like that, 15. I don't think Georgia's 15 points better in Florida. Um, just because I do think – and I again, maybe it's all just because of all the hype I've heard all, all season, but I think Anthony Richardson is that good. I think Anthony Richardson is – I think Anthony Richardson went six games by himself. Um, and he's gonna have to. I mean, like, I don't know. Like, he, he's. I'm mean, gonna say he's gonna have to. But we have a lot of unproven talent around him outside of maybe a couple of running backs. But um, I don't think Georgia's gonna go out. I don't. It's not gonna be like last year. Georgia's not gonna come out and beat us forty nine to seven. But again, or whatever school was. But like I was talking to somebody the other day. Like, if you look back at that Florida Georgia game last year, mm-hmm. Georgia was up three to nothing with three minutes left in the first half. Yeah. We put in. Damn, on for whatever reason, we Florida fans have been begging for Anthony Richardson to play for two months, and all of a sudden we decided to start him against Georgia. And it was almost kind of like damn, was like like kind of like an Fu type type thing. Like, hey, look, I mm-hmm. want him here? Here he is. He's not that good. Mm-hmm. Um, and he comes in, doesn't play terrible, but when you're playing the best defense in the country and you haven't had this is your first career start, like yeah, it's a tough situation to come into. He made a run. I remember we were like on like the, our own two. He ran. Got like a 15, 16 yard carry, but it was kind of one of those things like he should have just gone down and he was fighting for yardage and one of the guys came in stripped it. They get it. Next play, touchdown. We mm. get the ball so now it's 10 to nothing. Next drive, he rolls out, tries to make a Superman play, throws an interception, pick six, 17 to nothing. And it's like, yes, the score looked a lot worse whatever foul score ended up being. I can't remember, but they weren't 30 to seven or whatever score with bearing us. We gave them 20, you know 21 points in two minutes. So mm. it's like, And that Georgia team is not the same Georgia team that's going to be this year. It's not going to be the same Anthony Richardson. If Florida rolls into that game six and one, they're obviously going to be riding a lot of confidence and really riding high. Um, But, again, I think just right now, obviously, I think you you still give the edge to Georgia. I think Georgia overall is more talented. I think Florida's first string is going to be really good. I think Florida's first string can compete with just about anybody. It's just after that, what do we have? Our first string is already pretty inexperienced for the most part in a lot of positions, so you know the second string is not very experienced. So, mm-hmm. whereas Georgia's got probably seven, eight deep defensive line, Florida's five deep. And in a game like that, Georgia's going to take advantage of that. You know what I'm saying? Like Fort Georgia, mm-hmm. when you got three of the best offensive linemen in the country, you're just going to run the ball the whole damn game and say, hey, look, Florida's only got five defensive linemen that are really dogs. Just wear mm-hmm. their ass out and we will just be able to walk down the field. Um so, I think Florida rolls out of Jacksonville six and two, but a very confident six and two, not like a damn, yeah. man, we're six and two, but like a very, hey, you know what? Like, as much as I hate the participation trophy type shit, kind of roll out of the door They look, we're close. Like, give this coach a year, give him a year and a half to recruit or give him a whole year to recruit his own class, we're on y'all's ass, and they better be ready.
1: So, you got them rolling out 6-2 and two with a loss to Georgia, and then you got to travel to College Station the next week at Texas A&M, DG. What do you got there?
2: All right, man, this is where I'm going to get bold. Um, I don't know, and like I said, this might just be the homer in me and the Florida fan in me. I'm not a believer in A&M either, man. I don't think Jimbo Fisher is as good of a coach as people want to make him out to be, I think. Mm-hmm. He won a national championship at Florida State because he had the best quarterback. He had the best player in the country on his team at the time. Mm. Um, James Winston was the best player in college football for two years, and he won a national championship. When you got superstars like that, you win. a and doesn't have superstars like that. Yes, they've recruited fantastic, but guess what positions they haven't recruited well? Quarterback.
1: Quarterback. And they've yep. recruited
2: well, but it's like it's so inexperienced. Max Johnson is not good. Yep. You have Haynes King, who, yes – he was starting quarterback last year, he breaks his leg, we never see him again. Yep. Zach Calzada obviously left. Then you have this kid they just brought in as last year's number no one quarterback in the country. And then I remember at their spring game, I think the most completions any of their quarterbacks had was like five. And were it wasn't like five for seven, it was like five for sixteen. Um they have nine, ten, five-star defensive linemen. Guess what? They can't all play because they're not all it's not like it's not the ends and defense, interior guys, it's like they're all interior guys. So, it's like, yes, on paper, they're recruiting their ass off. But it's like, man, like, who cares if you're recruiting your ass off if you're not developing or if you're not recruiting positions that you really need? And, you know, again, I don't follow Texas A&M that closely. It's just an outsider's opinion, an outsider's view. Um, I don't believe in Texas A&M. I do not believe in Jimbo Fisher. I think Jimbo Fisher will be on the hot seat after this season. I think they go 8-4 mm-hmm. anyways. Um, and – Maybe even 7-5 and five because, again, 8-4 and four is probably not counting a Florida loss. And I think Florida goes in. I think Florida comes in with a chip on her shoulder after losing to Georgia. This what? is my bold, bold pick of the season. And I think Florida goes in and upsets Texas A&M.
1: Wow. 7-2 <laughs> and two with an upset in Aggieland. Florida flying high. DG's got them flying high. Um, what an upset that would be in – Hey, eight and four again, dude. Hey, if Texas A&M goes eight and four, DG, his ass might be out of there, buddy. Because uh, I just don't know how much longer they're gonna they're gonna put up with it. I know they went what they went eleven and one during the COVID year, but I mean, yeah, know, real. yeah, whatever. Um, but I mean, hey, like I always call them. I call them eight and four forever, you know. Um, and then hey, you, so you got Florida at seven and two. Uh, the next week, you get South Carolina at home. Spencer Rattler coming into the swamp. DG, all right. Any chance the Gamecocks beat the Florida Gators?
2: Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, this 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 is kind of like the part of the schedule I'm kind of like uh, iffy about. Like again, man, Florida at this point is easy gonna be four and six. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. I, I'm obviously you know three and six. Hell, I don't know. I don't think so, but like, obviously, it's so tough to predict your own team schedule because, like, obviously, you're like, man, I want them to be good. You know, like and yeah. on paper, they look good. It's like, I don't see how this team can really beat us. Um, but man, I think Shane Beamer is a damn good coach. Um, 100%. I think he's kind of, I think he's kind of, to me, it seems like he's kind of like, um, channeling that Dabo kind of swag. Like, he's not like the – he's kind of like the outlandish kind of guy. Yep. But it, it's, it seems to be working. Like, they're recruiting um, really well there. I think Spencer Rattler is a damn good quarterback. I think Spencer Rattler went into Oklahoma with all the hype in the world. Went as a freshman, struggled a little bit. Played well is a good bit. You then bring in another stud quarterback, and you have one bad game, and the boosters and the fans are cheering for other guys. So, it's like a really tough situation to be in. Um I think he was one of those players like he kind of needed to be knocked off that pedestal a little bit. Like I mean, he's we all obviously he was a very hateable guy from Netflix's yeah. TV show. But like I think he's got the talent. Shane Beamer was the coach or he was with I think the QB's coach or offensive coordinator or something at Oklahoma when Spencer Rattler was there. He's been yeah. a part like he he knows Shane Beamer's offense. He knows his system. Um so this game honestly, man, to me coming down to like, okay, you got I think at the end of the season, maybe your second and third, very bold statement here, maybe your first and second or first and third best quarterback in SEC at the end of the season. Um, going, going head-to-head, Florida 7-2. I don't think South Carolina will be any worse than probably 6-3 and three by that by that time. I don't know South Carolina's schedule that well, so maybe that's just a crazy statement to make. Um, but a game that's really going to, like, yes, neither one of them will obviously probably be able to play for the SEC championship game at this point. But a game that's really going to matter, like a game that could vault one into possibly playing the, uh, in a um, New Year's Six Bowl, vault both teams into like a, a great offseason type deal. Um, man, I don't want I hate. I hate doing this because I, like I, I I just feel like I'm, oh, I'm a home I'm a Florida guy picking Florida one of those games. Um, but, man, to me it's like you beat a you beat Utah, you beat – you know, some of these teams you beat, you play well against Georgia, you play well against Tennessee. Um, I just don't know if South Carolina can come in and beat us. Um, again, I don't follow South Carolina well. outside Spencer Rattler and <laughs> Shane Beamer. I don't know what they got. I know they got a pretty good cornerback I think they got over there. It's supposed to be a stud. Yep. Um, but, man, I just don't see it happening. I don't see them coming into Gainesville with Far rolling at that point in the season. I think far because at that point, man, if you're Florida 7-2, the first-year coach, other people have been doubting you, like, doubting you all offseason, man, the swag's through the roof of that. at that point. Um, mm-hmm. So, give me Florida. I mean, a really close game. I think that might be one of Florida's closer games of the season. Um, I think it's a game that could go either way. And that's another thing with Florida's schedule. If you look, a lot of these games I'm picking Florida to win, I think you're like touchdown games. We're not going to meet anybody bad outside of the cupcakes. Utah, seven points. Kentucky, seven points. Tennessee, touchdown. LSU, probably a touchdown. Georgia, I think a touchdown. Um, Texas A&M, probably a touchdown. South Carolina, probably a touchdown. Florida's not going to go in and beat people bad. I don't think we're there yet. Um, But I don't think South Carolina's there yet either. Um, I think South Carolina's kind of – I think they're one of those programs where – even with a good coach, there it takes them their their rebuild or whatever you want to call it. it may take a little longer than somewhere like Florida or somewhere like Auburn or somewhere like LSU. I think their rebuilds are three four year projects, whereas like a rebuild at a bigger school is a one to two year project. So I don't think South Carolina is there yet. I think they will be. I'm not saying they're ever going to compete for next championships, but I think they will be that team like they were on Spurrier was there. They're going to go down in three and they're going to upset you, you know, upset a big time team once or twice a season.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I don't think again. I don't think they're there yet. I think Florida, again, I think Florida is a lot more talented than people are giving them credit for. And I think Florida leaves that game eight and two.
1: DG, you got them at eight and two. And the next week, November 19th, on a Saturday, you roll into what Clark Lee said is going to be the most powerful college football program in the country soon to be. You got to go to Nashville, Tennessee, and play the Vanderbilt Commodores. What do you got in this one?
2: Uh, dog won't. Um, Anthony Richard will be on Broadway Street by midday. Um, uh, him and the boys, be, him, and, him and the boys, will be hanging out at Florida's at the Bar that night. They won't be worried about the game. Um, I mean, hey, hey, I love the confidence from the coach of Vanderbilt.
1: Like, no, Vanderbilt. no, 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 no. I mean, hey, dude,
2: look, I mean, you're, the, you're it's your first head coach job, man. Like you go into that place, you I'm turning this bitch around. <laughs> no. Hey, look. If you think about it, what did James Franklin do? James Franklin went nine and three there. Look at his ass. He's been at Penn State for five years now. So maybe that's why that guy's thinking. He's like, man, if I can just get eight and four, I'm out of here. But <laughs> I don't. I don't see it happening. But, but dude, man, like, how do you? You know what I'm saying? It's it's probably already really difficult to recruit to Vanderbilt. Oh yeah. Hey, you show up and say some bullshit like that. That's just me today. He's so like, man, these kids are gonna believe in me. I'm gonna just say some stupid stuff. Hey, <laughs> you never. You know. <laughs> you never know. So. But, no, Vanderbilt's never going to be the powerhouse college football. They're not going to be the powerhouse November 19th against Florida. Florida goes in, continues this, um, you know, Cinderella miracle-type season, and they leave there 9-2. Uh, and two.
1: Got them 9-2, Uh And then you, you got to go to Tallahassee in, in the final regular season game. You got them 9-2, man. Uh, Florida State on the road. What do you like? Yeah, that's
2: a weird one. So, we play them on a Friday.
1: Um, yeah. We don't not, a, not on
2: play. ABC yeah that's really strange uh I, honestly I might go to that game because we'll obviously be off for school um, I have a buddy of my the guy who actually going to Utah game with his parents live in Tallahassee um so uh, we, we might might venture over there for that game I think be kind of fun because I think far State might go in 12 um <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're so bad dude I mean like they 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 and what's crazy is they extended Mike Norville like they are oh. they, the literally, literally the other day, I don't know if you saw which, again, I'm getting all this because I'm a Florida fan. I see it from Florida. People tweeting it out. The other day, they had, like, a similar um, event going on like Florida had, and they showed, like, a parent or a player took a picture of, like, the indoor facility, like, during the dinner time, and they had, like, 27 – like, 20 tables or something set up, and there was only, like, six of them that had people at it. Um, yeah. And then they had another video that came out of, like, players on the field. Instead of, like, doing football drills, they were having a water balloon fight. Um so just the program was just in really bad a really bad spot. Um, they had a quarterback commit that was actually a really good quarterback, decommit by like three weeks ago. Then they were the favorites for this kid named Brock Glenn. I think was his name, and he also committed Ohio State the other day. So like they're just in a bad spot. Florida State sucks. Um, they're just not good. Like Black Friday, they're they're gonna their guys are gonna be full, you know, turkey and ham and not ready to play football. Um, it might be the last game, it might they might just say, Look, well, this might not guy guys terrible, especially the bowl. They yeah, write this down if Deion Sanders is nine and three or ten and two or better at Jackson State, and Forest State is four and eight, let's just say that mm-hmm. they will be having a new coach
1: named Deion Sanders come December. Man, um, I, I thought it should have happened last year, DG, but that's me. I, I don't
2: know. I, I think you, I think you gotta let Deion do a little bit more at Jackson State, yes, like. Prove you're a good coach. Prove that you can act – like, yes, I know it's Jackson State, but, like, prove that you can, like, compete and, like, be consistent. And yeah. then – because he's going to recruit his ass off if he goes to Florida State. Like, they're going to – doubt. Even if he can't coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can – because in, in in my head, I kind of look at it like this. Like, is he a great coach or is he, a, is he a figurehead who goes out and finds, hey, look, I'll be the head of the program, but you're going to be the guys who get these – you're going to be the ones who coach these kids. Because, like, shit, mm-hmm. he might be a great coach. I don't know. He just doesn't seem like a Nick Sabian, Kirby Smart kind of guy. But, I mean, he might be. But he's also going to – he's a Florida State legend. He's freaking Deion Sanders. He's prime time. Like, he's going to recruit his ass off if he got that job. Anyways, I think Florida goes in, man, and just absolutely dog walks Florida State. Mm-hmm. Um, and, again, this season, 10-2, is probably a very, very, very bold season statement for Florida. Even the, some of the biggest Florida people on Twitter, like uh, beat riders have us like you know, ceiling nine and three. Which shit, nine and three bills. Nine and three is probably just losing to Texas A&M. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. one or two, lost, like one lost Utah, and m Kentucky. Like and we're right to nine and three. But I think, like I said earlier, some, several times, I think this is the most like ten and two possibility, six and six possibility of this season of all time. I don't mm-hmm. think Florida goes six and six. I think honestly, obviously, I think the ceiling's ten and two. I think the floor minimum is probably seven and five, unless Anthony Richardson gets hurt. Anthony Richardson stays healthy all season. Florida shouldn't lose more than five games. Um, Mm. But obviously, with my bold statement of Florida going 10 and two, I think if Florida's 10 and two, Anthony Richardson will be in New York City Mm. uh, for a high trophy ceremony. Not saying he wins it, but if he's 10 and two, he's had a damn good season. Um, Which, as a Florida fan, is a really weird spot to be in because with all the projections of him getting drafted, it's like, I would love to see him come back. Um, but if Florida goes 10-2, and two, he's probably out. Uh, so, it's kind of a weird spot. It's like, hey, we go 7-5, 8-4. That means Anthony you know, had flashes but wasn't consistent. He's back. We go 10-2, and two, that means he had flashes and stayed consistent. And he's probably gone. Mm-hmm. But this is another, obviously, probably a homer statement. If Anthony if we go 7-5, 8-4, and Anthony and Richard comes back, he comes back probably as the best quarterback in college football. And he comes back to, I think, a Florida team that's, Riding high because to me, a seven and five season is going to be let's say five, let's just say Fargo, seven and five. That's probably a loss to Utah, probably a loss to Kentucky, and maybe a loss to A&M, And m and you're seven and five, mm. and it's like that's all five of those losses are going to be a top 15 20 team. So it's like mm. <laughs> it's a t- it sucks going seven and five, but it's a damn it's a it's as good of a seven and five season as you can have, you know what I'm saying? So again. When you post this on Twitter or Facebook, it might get ridiculed and criticized because, man, Florida's not going to go 10-2. and two. They they suck. Hey, you might be right. Hell, I don't know. We might go 4-8. and eight. Who knows? But just from what I've seen, from what I've heard, uh, from what I've kind of gathered just, you know, from the following people I do. And then the little bit of homer into me and being a Florida fan, obviously I'd love to see us go 10-2. So that's what I'm sticking with. And if people disagree and like to, you know, chirp at me at the end of the season when we're six and six hey go for it i'm all for
1: it man hey dg that's fine man hey it's your prediction and uh i don't know if you uh listen to my west virginia um my west virginia inter- interview with logan uh last week man and he was he was kind of talking about sports media and how when you say something that people don't agree with they just immediately bash you and everything and like uh you can't give your own prediction or your opinion without somebody just immediately jumping on your throat and trying to just rip your throat out and everything and and uh, I agree with what Logan said on that and it's your prediction man it's your team uh, yeah. I, one thing I will, one thing I will tell you DG is I remember in 2010 um, not a lot of people predicted my Auburn Tigers to be worth a damn okay and we won the national championship. Okay, so we we had a guy that was –
2: And guess what you won the national championship with? A superstar quarterback.
1: Exactly. We had a guy that uh, Florida, your Florida Gators, gifted us with. Um, he was 6'6", 250 pounds, and and a gift from uh, – a gift and from – Yeah. He was, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he was everything. Then man, man, hey, look, 2013, DG – we weren't expected to do nothing. We had a failed defensive back from Georgia that went to junior college in Kansas to play quarterback, man. All right. And Gus went and got him. And everybody was like, oh, they got a defensive back playing quarterback. They're going to be terrible. They're going to go four and eight or three and nine. Like, you know, and, and hey, you know, I, what Auburn went seven and five in two, uh, 2011. And then in 2012, They went three and nine and coming back that 2013 year, DG, you know, that was the first year in Nick Marshall, man. And we were supposed to be terrible again. Nobody gave us a shot. They're going to be pathetic. Like they have nothing. And Nick Marshall, man, took us all the way to the national championship game, a game that we should have beat Jameis Winston in. And uh, it, it was one for the ages and we fell a little short. But your prediction can happen, man. You never know, and that's why I love doing this podcast stuff. And uh, it, it's really a good time, man. And and I wanted to thank you for joining me tonight and breaking yeah. the Florida Gators. Man, I had a blast.
2: Yeah, bro, I appreciate you having me on, dude. Uh, obviously, like I said, it's my, my team, my picks. I, I'm going to be confident in them. I'm going to always be confident in them until they go 6-6, six and six, so.
1: <laughs> I love it, DG. Well, man, we'll wrap it up. I appreciate you joining me tonight, and uh, we'll we'll get back after it uh, later on this week.
2: Hi, right, bro. Sounds good, man. I'll talk to you later.
1: All right, man.
0: Lucky Land Casino asking people, "What's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky?" Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Haha, in my dentist's office.